All right, good morning. Woo! Give it up just one more time, man. That, man, I feel good. <clears throat> I just got, we just got off a plane late last night, so I'm not accountable for anything I say today. No, I'm kidding. It's a great day. I feel great. I needed that right there. I just needed to praise the Lord and worship the Lord, yeah? That feels good somewhere in the soul, like deep in the soul right there. Hey, man, I'm excited to preach this message. Uh, I wrote a sermon this morning. You, you're not supposed to do that, apparently. <laughs> or you're supposed to do that, one of the two, uh, as the Holy Spirit leads. But, uh, man, I've just had a, an adventure uh, the last couple of weeks. I've been sharing it with you, and, and more of it came out this week. So I'm going to share it with you in light of this thing called love. So if you're visiting with us, thank you so much for coming. Uh, we love you, and I mean that, and we want to meet you. We want to get to know you. In front of you in the pew, there should be a connection card. That's just our way of once again connecting with you. We'd love it if you could fill that guy out, and right after our service here, as we gather and worship, on the other side of that wall, there's a couple of beautiful desks and wonderful smiling faces. Uh, give that card to them, and write any info that you're comfortable with, any questions, We'd love to meet with you, have a cup of coffee, and explain our vision here as a church. We'll give you, in exchange, a Muddy's gift card for a, a free cup of coffee, as well as a great little book from Timothy Keller. So thank you so much for coming to Bethel Church this morning, and we're super excited to, uh, to be with you. Hey, if you've been coming here for a long time, if you've been coming here for a short time, I want to I challenge you and encourage you to take the next step. Now, for every one of you, that's going to be something different. Uh, maybe it's getting involved with a ministry here. Uh, right there in your bulletin, there's an email uh, address. You can hit us up, shoot us an email and say, hey, I don't know what it looks like yet, but I want to take another step and I want to I get involved. I want to I explore my passions, my gifts. Uh, we've been teasing out this idea that we're going to have an arts night and we're going we're gonna to invite anybody who has any ability or passion with any type of arts to come here and create and give that space and empower. But we want to know you. We want to know your story and we want to help you be used in a great way. Uh, maybe you're here and you're new to the city or you've been for, here for a while and you just need some community. You need some friendship. Um, the Christian journey is a community project. We are designed to go through this life together. And so we've got multiple community groups that we've developed, smaller settings to where you can get to know some people and find some strength from each other. Maybe you want to dive into one of those. Go on our website. We have a, a community group page now. You can also email us at the same email in your bulletin. Say, hey, I want to get involved. I want to meet some people. I want to go through this journey together. Uh, maybe it's even uh, joining the church. We would love to explain what that looks like. Maybe you just want to call this place your home. Uh, you need a base camp, especially in this city, a place to draw back to, find strength, find, find encouragement. And uh, I think we all just need to hear something fresh and beautiful from God every single week. So take that next step. Call Bethel your home. Get involved with what we're doing here. Uh, follow us on Facebook. Promote what we're doing here. Um, we're doing a lot of cool stuff through social media as Jeffrey's developing that as well. And Adrian, who's been faithful uh, with a great team. Uh, with our teens, had a great teen ministry night last night. So if you see any, yeah, I just want to thank Adrian. I want to thank, I got to be careful here, the Lit Ones for their long, long uh, faithful journey with our teens and just everybody who's been involved. We're really excited to pour into the youth uh, as well. But uh, thank you, thank you for everything, you guys. It's been a spectacular week. I can't tell you, I should start marking it down how many emails, uh, how many texts I get saying, you know, John, 
We're behind you. We're excited for what, what we're doing here and the Holy Spirit is doing here. And we want more of this. We want more. So thank you guys so much. If you have a Bible, let's go to John chapter 4. Um, if you don't have a Bible, don't worry about it. We got Bibles in front of you in the pew. There's an index. You can find the Gospel of John. It's just a, an account of Jesus Christ. It's, it's displaying his journey as the Son of God as he came to this earth. So jump into John chapter 4. If you don't have a clue where that even is in the Pew Bible, don't sweat that. Uh, we will put all of our verses up here. You can take pictures of these verses. If you want to go home and pray over them or study them uh, or share them with your friends. Remember, all of our sermons are not only on iTunes, but they're also on our website. It's fun when people are aggressively saying, on Sunday night, where are the sermons from Sunday? <laughs> That's a great sign. We're hungry to get these sermons out. And uh, we want to bless people. So make sure you're passing these sermons around, not to promote me, but to promote the gospel of Jesus Christ and to help people, all right? All right, are you ready? All right, give me, give me some of this right here. <clears throat> I just want you to be excited and full of hope. I, someone's going to be healed today. Someone's going to leave this place changed. Uh, because when you have an encounter with the living God through the Word of God and the Holy Spirit and these crazy people of God that are so beautiful and genuine, man, you just change. You're just changed. And I, I am being changed, like, <laughs> to the point, man, it's wild. This is a wild time right now. And I'm, I'm going to dump it out on you. I'm just going to spill out what God is doing because um, every time I share this, you go, dude, were you, like, following me this week? And I'm like, no, I got way too much to do to follow you around. But if, if God is doing things in my life, he's doing them in your life. And so when I share my journey, it's your journey. You're, you're going through the same thing, and, and we have a Father who loves us. And uh, we're just going to wrap the whole thing up. Um, so I go down to Ritual Coffee uh, down on Valencia here. Um, I just kind of hang out there and work. Um, I go there to hide, so now you all know <laughs> where I go to hide. Uh, not real smart on my part. Um, but uh, I go down there, especially on Tuesdays, and uh, I don't know what's going on with this thing of love and God and me. Uh, maybe because God is love. Could be something to do with that. But I'm walking down on Tuesday uh, about 8 o'clock, maybe 7.30, down Valencia, going down to Ritual, grab a cup of coffee, spend some time with the Lord, uh, write up something for our staff meeting on Tuesdays, um, and just kind of work through the morning and get my heart right. And <laughs> I don't know what happened, guys. This is kind of silly. Maybe you'll think it's crazy. I walk into Ritual, just thinking of this thing called love. I walk in a ritual, <laughs> and I hear this song. They're, they're always playing music. And I hear this song uh, by Lauren Hill, you know. <laughs> I'm showing my age a little bit. And, uh, and it's like, it's, it's this song that my wife and I, like, always listened to when we first met. <laughs> and I walk in a ritual, and I stop, like, halfway through the store, and I'm uh, halfway through the coffee shop. And I, I just was like, man, I felt this amazing wave of love towards my wife. Yeah, that's your moment to go, aw. <laughs> I got to coach you through this? Come on now. No, I'm teasing. But I'm serious, guys. Like, like I felt this wave of love. Like, and then that's when my wife gets these weird phone calls. I'm like, honey, what are you doing right now? Like, let's, let's take off to Europe, like, right now. She's like, you got a staff meeting in two hours. But um, <laughs> so I sat down, you guys, and, and I'm thinking about this thing called love. Like, you know what's a trip? Like, you can't even define love. Like, we get all these creative, you know, ways to, to define love. You go into Webster's Dictionary, you get these great theological concepts of love, and, and nobody can really explain what's going on right there. All I know is the greatest feeling ever. Like, whether it's towards my wife or whatever, like, there is something that we are made for. 
And as I'm sitting in ritual, not even just thinking of my wife, but thinking about you guys, like, I love you guys. Like, I, I love you guys. Now, we don't have a song, but we'll work on it. And then I'm thinking about God, and I'm thinking about Christ, and I'm like, man, what is this thing called love? And then I'm looking around me in the middle of ritual, and I'm like, every human being is on a radical pursuit for love. Like, we have a, we have a thirst in us for love. And whether you're a tough guy, like I grew up in a real tough home, like, you know, 82nd Airborne, <laughs> like military stuff, and, and uh, we showed our love by like slugging each other and all that. But whatever background you're from, like in us is this, this longing for the experience of love, um, to be loved. <laughs> I want to be loved. I want to feel that, that beautiful moving in my heart, somewhere deep in my soul where it's just like, man, this is so raw and awesome. What is this thing? All I know is we're made to experience love. And it just, it, it just connects perfectly with God because God made me and God is love. And I'm like, man, this is so amazing. I, I feel like I'm in this Trinitarian dance with God. Like, I want to experience love, God. It's so natural, it's so beautiful to love love. It's so beautiful and natural to want love. And it's so naturally disappointing that it seems to be lost. But we look at human beings and we look at our own lives and we're all looking for love. We're, we're all in this radical search for love. And if you think about the things we focus on, they're not wrong, but you think of most of our pursuits. At, at some level at the end of it all is this quest for love. So when we talk about the summer of love and all of that, it's a playoff of San Francisco's, you know, big festival they do every year. But I want this to be a summer of love. No matter where you go this summer or whatever's going on, I want you to pursue real love. I want you to feel a love that will change your life. Uh, I'm a big Coldplay fan. Any? All right. I kind of feel like I'm showing my age because there's like millennials who are like, what, who? Um, it's all good though, I don't care. Uh, but there's this song called True Love. True Love. Listen to this. And we'll jump into John 4 in just a sec. Here's the lyrics in this song. For a second, I was in control. I had it once. I lost it, though. And all along, the fire below would rise. Like, that's our pursuit. There's this seemingly unquenchable pursuit to find it, and then we lose it. But this fire below keeps boiling this thing in us. It keeps rising this thing up in our hearts that says, you can't quit. You're made for love. You're, you're going to keep pursuing love. Man, it's this wild thing to be a human being. And it basically comes down to the fact that every human being in this room and every human being in this city inevitably either loves something or someone to try to quench that thirst. Every one of you, and in particular in my life, is, is on some pursuits to love something or somebody to quench this thirst, this thirst for love. And, and you know, it's, I'm going to get weird. I'm not going to, I'm going to try not to get weird here and romantic or whatever, but it's like, uh, it feels so, it feels so good to love. And even when, even when your heart is broken and you don't want to love because it's risky, this weird thing in us just says, you cannot live without this love. Like you have to find the experience again. And if you think of like Maslow and, and all I was telling you about, you know, what does is, what is a human being need? So where you're sitting here today, wherever you're at, what do you need? What do you need to feel complete? Hear me out here. 
We know we need things like water, food, safety, those, those, those tangible physical things. We need all those things to feel human. But a person needs to feel love and belonging in order to actually become fully human. You, you've got to have love. You've got to have love. But guys, I, maybe you ought to write this down. Write this on a phone or write this on your insert or something and take this away and pray about this. But what we truly need is a perfect love. And that's where my mind got spun sitting in ritual because I'm, I'm thinking about my wife as I'm hearing this Lauren Hill song and it's just so awesome. And, and I'm like, my soul, this woman, I love this woman, I, lo- I love you guys and, and all this stuff. But, but here I keep thinking to myself, but wait a minute now. These loves aren't strong enough to quench this thirst. Like they're beautiful, we need them. But they're not designed to quench the deepest soul thirst I have. What I need is a perfect love. I've got to have a perfect love that never quits, that never fails, that never makes a mistake, that is always there, that is always showing it, that's always pursuing me, that's always speaking things to me. I need, I need a perfect love that, that never ends. And so as much as I'm looking at, I love what I do. I love my calling here as a pastor at Bethel. Uh, I love my wife. I love my, my family. I love our church. Like these are imperfect loves. And, the, and, and as much as I love these things, like I'm sitting there going, John, but you need a perfect love. A perfect love that will never let you down so you can free these things and love them naturally. Man, I need a strong love. The chesed of God. I need a strong, pursuing love that will never fail. I'm made for it. And I gotta be careful trying to find it in things that are, because they're human, they're gonna let me down. I can't experience that ultimate love in human beings. I gotta experience that in God because God is perfect and he won't let me down through love and then I can love imperfect things and be loved by imperfect people correctly. This is my ritual experience. Cup of coffee and Jesus. Welcome to my world. I need a love with no risk. Isn't that the, isn't that the fear of love? I want to love with no risk. I want to love with no failure. I want a perfect and secure, always, always pursuing love. And I'm sitting in that coffee shop going, my soul, what everybody's looking for and what I want more of is the perfect love of God. And if we can find this, you guys, if we can go on this journey together and if we can find this, if we can drink of this, every, I want you to hear me, guys. If you're struggling this morning and if you're here, you're struggling. We're all struggling. But if we can find this perfect love, and if it, can, if it can not satisfy, if it can overwhelm. I don't want to be satisfied by love. I want to be overwhelmed by love. And if we can tap into a perfect love, find it, drink of it every moment. I am a firm believer because I'm experiencing it that every other aspect of life is going to fall into its rightful place and everything's going to begin healing. I mean, most of my pain is due to me wanting love and looking in all the wrong places. Let me look in the right place and watch my life come together. Uh, this thing we call sin, this Christian word of ours. Uh, this brokenness, this, this taking something that's a gift from God and using it in a way it wasn't designed to be used to feel love, and then being hurt by that journey. All of that could begin to be healed if we could drink deeply of the love of God until we were so overloaded with his love, we wouldn't have to use these things that way anymore. We could just experience them the way they were designed. I've learned to love my wife so much more 
by bathing in a perfect love for my father. So that's our story today, John 4. That's the story of John 4. It's about a woman. It's about a woman who's on a journey. And she's on a journey for love, you guys. And you know, over the last week, I feel like I know this lady. I see my own life in her. I see this lady on almost every corner in San Francisco. I see this lady at the the stores that we shop at. I, I see this lady in my friends. I see this lady in my own home. Uh, this lady is, is hungry and thirsty for love. And she's looked in all the wrong places. And she has woken up in complete turmoil, pain, and disaster. And then this pursuing Jesus finds her and has this experience, this dialogue, this encounter with her. And she finds a perfect love and her life has changed forever. And that's what I want for us this morning. John chapter four, here we go. I'm gonna give you one thought. Here's our, here's our thought for today. And if you wrote this down and you thought about this, this would definitely change your life because it's changing my life. It's changing my life. I wanna look at, I want everyone to write this down. Put it in your phone or your iPad or write it down. Um, I wanna look at today a leaking love. A leaking love. I want, I want you to see a woman who tried to fill her heart with loves, but she found out that her heart was leaking. These, these loves were pouring out. She couldn't contain them. They weren't working. And I wanna, I wanna show you in light of that how Jesus' love goes into her heart, heals her. None of it leaks. It doesn't leak down. What it does is it begins to overflow to the point that it's drowning her. And I want you to experience that. So here's the story, John chapter 4. John chapter 4. We'll throw these verses up. Uh, Look at verse 5. So he, that's Jesus, came to a town of Samaria called Sychar. Now, I want you to visualize. I put this this graphic up because I want you to see this this landscape a little bit. Um, I want you to visualize Jesus Christ with 12 guys, very, very normal guys. Um, They're a mess, and they are traveling town to town, and Jesus is showing his love, and he's healing people through that love. And they're walking through a desert area, and looming off in the distance, get this in your mind's eye, see this, looming off in the distance is this mountain. And it's hot, you guys. It's, it's 12 noon. The sun is beating down. Um, I was in Seattle yesterday. I'll come back to that in a little bit. And it was 85 degrees. The reason I'm wearing a sweater today is because I am so sunburned. <laughs> yeah. Like, this is not a shirt. This is my skin. <laughs> no, I'm playing. It's a shirt. But I want you to feel the heat. As Jesus is walking, the scripture is going to say in just a minute, he's tired. He's God. He's, he's God. He's, he's invaded our earth to bring us back to the Father so we can know love and a relationship. But he's got to take the form of a human being if he's going to rescue human beings. So while he's all God, he's in this body, and this body breaks down. And so he's tired and he's hot. And he, he tells the 12, his followers, his guys, his crew, that he's trying to teach about love. He says, go find some food. Go off into this town. And so they take off and they go try to find some food. They're trying to find, you know, uh, uh, a place to, to stock up. And Jesus really sends them away because he knows there's a woman who needs love. 
And he's got to have an encounter one-on-one. You see, some of you guys this week, you were in places where you felt something. You felt, you felt this idea of love and you were wrestling with God. See, God's going to visit some of you this week. He visited you last week. He's going to find places that are like wells. And you're going to find yourself there, not even thinking about them. And something's going to kick in. You're going to see something. And it's going to be like this encounter with Jesus. And what he's trying to do is to teach you to let go of things and to experience his love. So check out verse 7 again. A woman from Samaria came to draw water. She's walking through this desert land. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. Give me a drink. He's tired. Verse 6, he's at Jacob's well. He's wearied from the journey. And he's sitting beside the well. It's about high noon. Runs into this lady. He's probably sitting on the well. Uh, think of a, a circular, uh, you know, like we lay bricks. It's a, it's a pretty large thing. It's got like a cement stairway going down that you would take a bucket down and you would fill that bucket up and you would walk back up these stairs. And so she's walking up on this well at high noon and Jesus is sitting on top of those, those rocks and she walks up, kind of startled. It's hot out. Everybody's in a tent. Everybody's in shade. And she kind of glances over about to go down to this well, walk down the steps. And then she's about to take that first step down this stairwell He just looks over at her and he goes, give me a drink. This is a total setup. He knows something when he sees her walking from a distance. When he's sitting at this well and he sees her 100 yards, 200 yards down the road. And she's walking to him. Guys, I want you to get this. Like Jesus knows you. He sees you. He loves you. He knows when you're in pain. And he's trying to speak to you. And so as this woman is walking... He's realizing several things. One, you don't get water at 12 noon. It's too hot. You come early in the morning or you come at night. So why is our girl walking to the well now? And it was also a social gathering for ladies. Very, very, very broken culture back then where where ladies were pushed away and ostracized and it was a male-dominated culture and all that stuff. And so women would gather early in the morning around these wells and it was their way of kind of having a community, a, a group of fellowship. And Jesus sees that this girl, this lady is avoiding everybody. She's coming at the worst time when she knew nobody would be around that well to get water. He begins to look at her and he knows she's an outcast. She's done things. She's done things and she's got a reputation. And she doesn't want to come into contact with anybody because it's going to remind her of the mistakes she made. But see, Jesus doesn't see it that way. She sees it as guilt. She sees it, I, I, I failed. This is my identity. This is who I am. I'll never be someone. I'll never be accepted back into society. I'll never have friends that, because I've made some mistakes. The gospel kills that. Jesus Christ goes like this. No, what we're going to do is rewrite your story. We're going to take all that you did. We're going to introduce you to real love. And you're going to become a new person. And you're going to find a new community and new shape and identity and hope. And, you, and I'm just going to blow your mind. But first he's got to deal with her. And here's what Jesus knows as he's watching this lady walk up to the well, avoiding people. He knows that she has searched for love. She has searched to fill her heart with love in all the wrong places and it's almost destroyed her. Anybody here today with that story? That, that's how I got saved. That's how I became a Christian. Man, I, I was looking for love in all the wrong places. I think that's a really bad country song, by the way. I was looking for love in all the wrong places. I was performing. I was performing. 
to, to be loved and accepted. I was a baseball guy, and I played the game to be loved. I played the game so people said, John is special. He's, he's, he's amazing. We're drawn to him. I mean, all baseball was was a mechanism for me to earn someone's love. Uh, and I almost threw my life away. I almost destroyed my life until I met and had a, an encounter with the love of Jesus Christ. And she's bitter about this, you guys. She's, she's, so, she's so bitter about this whole thing. She's tried to find love in all the wrong places, and it's backfired on her, and she's, she's mad. She's mad at the world. Look at uh, verse 9. So Jesus glances over, and he goes, give me something to drink. And the whole thing's a setup. The Samaritan woman said to him, how is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a woman of Samaria? So we've got some racism rolling. For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Now, now follow me. Everyone look up here. Follow me. Quick history lesson. You need to understand what this is. The Samaritans were half Jew, half non-Jew. The Jews were, well, they were pure Jews. And so naturally, the Samaritan people were, they were unclean. They, they, had, they had bred with an unclean race. And so Jewish people didn't allow Samaritan people to communicate with them. They were, they were a lesser group of people. And this lady is mad at it because she wants to be accepted. And she's not only not accepted in her own Samaritan village, but she's not accepted by other races and other people. And she's bitter about it. But she's a little blown away that Jesus doesn't care. He breaks through every cultural barrier to give to people's hearts. Our little rules here, our little angers here, our little vices here, our little divisions here, Jesus delights in attacking them and breaking them down in the name of love. And so Jesus breaks all the cultural rules and he says, I'm looking for you. I'm talking to you. And she's so angry at culture, she's not supposed to respond back. She's not. I mean, you could be stoned for that. You could be, you could be killed for that. And instead, she's so angry, she goes like this. Why are you talking to me? You're not supposed to be talking to me. We're not supposed to be talking. I love it. Translated, I'm desperate to talk to someone. I'm desperate to connect to someone. And if you're willing to open this up, who are you? Why would you do this? Maybe, maybe there's even a, a glimmer of maybe this guy cares because he's looking past my, my, my race and he's looking past my background. He, he cares enough to love me. He cares enough to talk to me. And then here's what Jesus does. Here's the dialogue. Jesus is so cryptic, you guys. If you're like, man, I can't understand Jesus sometimes. We're dealing with God here. Check this out. So he's laying, he's laying or sitting on this well. This lady walks up. He goes, give me something to drink. She goes, you're not supposed to be talking to me. Why are you talking to me? He goes, if you drank my water, you'd never thirst again. She's like, what? Where's this conversation going? He literally just out and out says it. If you knew God's love, lady, you would never thirst for love again you would let go of all these pursuits. Do I know you? <laughs> what do you know about me? Look at John 4.10. Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. If you knew who I was and if you knew the power of my love, when I asked you for physical water, if you knew how strong my love was and how it would heal you, you would have asked me for spiritual water. You would have asked me to quench your soul's thirst because you're tired of pursuing these other loves. 
And she's so conditioned looking for this love to fulfill her in physical things. Look at her response in verse 11. The woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw water with, and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? So he goes, give me a drink. She goes, why are you talking to me? He goes, well, I actually have water. She goes, what do you mean? I've got water that would quench your soul's thirst. But you don't have anything to draw with. In other words, where's that found? In another relationship? In a job? Something physical on this earth? Nah, it's not of this earth. It's of God. It's of me. It's supernatural. You are spirit, and you've got to have a love that comes from the spirit. Yeah, you're not just physical. You've got a spiritual thirst. And when you try to quench spiritual thirst with physical things, it doesn't work. Yeah, go ahead. Let's just do it. So Wednesday nights, we're going to have seminars on how to clap in church. No, I'm playing. I'm playing. It's all good. We'll get it. But you guys, she's so conditioned to look at the physical world to try to fulfill this, this thirst for love. And aren't, aren't we the same? We're physical people. Jesus understands this. We're physical people, so we're always looking to, to cover these gaps and, and these holes in the heart with all the things of the earth. And Jesus is like, you're more than physical. You're soul. And you've got to have something that taps into the soul. And so Jesus goes like this. Like She's like, okay, where are we going to get this physical water where are we going to find it that's going to quench my soul thirst and he goes I'm not talking about I'm not talking about physical things I'm not talking about a love in physical things look at John 4 verse 13 he goes like this lady look everyone who drinks of physical things found in this earth they're just going to be thirsty again now she's still not getting this But here's what Jesus is saying, guys, and I want us to get this. Here's been my journey this week. The heart is so thirsty to experience love. But as I'm looking at my own life, check it out. The things we use to pour love into our hearts, they're like buckets with holes in them. Job, money, like if I make enough money, people will love me. They will look at me and value me and love me. If I look a certain way, if I stay young or if I look cool, like people will look at me and, and they'll value me. And, you know, these are buckets. How I look, that's a bucket. My job, that's a bucket. My performance, my job. If I, you know, if I perform enough, if I throw that degree out there, that's a bucket. And maybe, maybe someone will fill up my love bucket, my heart. You know, we, we have kids, praise the Lord for kids, Right? We have kids and and a lot of people, and it's not wrong, but it can't fulfill these ultimate things in the heart. We have kids because we want to be loved. We go into relationships. We say, look, I I want to have a spouse. Nothing wrong with that because I want to experience love. So there's the spouse bucket. There's the kid bucket. There's all these buckets. But they're physical things, and they're not strong enough to fulfill the the soul thirst. And so we pour those things in, guys. And it's like uh, if you've ever had a bucket or like a container that had cracks or holes in it and you try to fill it with water, and water, water comes out as fast, as fast as you put it in. Um, in. In Seattle, it was 85 degrees. To me, that's hot. And I was at a park and there was a spigot thing and I was trying to put water in my hands and I was trying to like lap it up like a dog. And uh, 
I would put water in my hands and it was leaking out faster than it was coming in. My, my hands could not contain the water long enough to quench my thirst. That's what happens when we use things of this earth to quench the soul's thirst. It just leaks out. So this lady's like, all right, yeah, I wanna, I wanna quench this thirst in my soul. Where do we go? Where do we find it on this earth? Jesus goes, man, look, if you try to use earthly things to fulfill this love, it's like, it's like a bucket with a hole in it. Wasn't that a song too? I want you to write something down, guys. Hey, it's all good when you have a Savior who loves you to analyze your heart, who doesn't judge you. I want you to write something down. What bucket are you carrying? That's what I wrote to myself. What bucket are you carrying? With the hopes that if someone sees it or you get it, it'll fulfill your heart. Like, you know, I, I, and then I realized like, I walk around with like five buckets <laughs> for everyone to see, like pour in, pour in. But I, I, want you to, I want you to think about your heart. What bucket are you carrying? And Jesus just, he wants you to take that bucket and just crush it. He wants you to free it so it can be what it's supposed to be. And he wants to pour, no, 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 I'm sorry. He doesn't want to pour anything into you. He wants to birth a fountain. He doesn't want to fill your heart. He wants to create a fountain that doesn't need to be filled. It's life. It's its own spring. And the thing will overwhelm you. It will drown you in love. So Jesus goes like this. The more you drink of these things to find the deepest love, the more you, you look to physical things to, to satisfy the thirst in the heart, the more thirsty you'll actually get. This is what we call the, the law of diminishing return. The more you take in, the less it satisfies. Um, if, you've ever drink, if, you've ever, if you've ever put something in you when you're, when you're totally thirsty and it's actually backfired and made you more thirsty, like drinking salt water, you know, but uh, I, uh, Gatorade, to me, Gatorade is a big conspiracy. <laughs> like, when I'm thirsty and I drink Gatorade, I get more thirsty. What's up with that, you know? And then I buy another, another bottle of it. Now I'm teasing, but, but it does. I drink Gatorade and I become more thirsty. And that, that's literally what Jesus is saying. Like, when you try to look at, you know, a very limited, normal human being called a spouse to radically fill your heart with enough love they're just not made to be that powerful. And you're gonna become more thirsty. If you look at a job, which is just a job, and you say this job, because I'm good at it, has enough in it so people will recognize me and love me and I will feel satisfied. It's just a job. By the way, what if you lost it? What if you lost it? Kids, and these are all beautiful gifts of God, don't get me wrong kids like we're gonna have kids and it's that's what I want that's that's gonna fulfill me um, well they will grow up they will they will move on they will move on John four thirteen. Jesus said to her everyone everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again what happens when you find something guys by the way that you think is gonna quench your thirst and you find out it wasn't made to do it. You grow resentful towards it. You grow bitter towards it. We've got to liberate these things to enjoy them the way they were enjoyed and find that love with God. So uh, I went to Seattle. We flew out. What day is this? It's Sunday. 
Hello. What day is this? I'm here like every day. It's like, you know, we're just worshiping the Lord. It's all good. But uh, I flew out to Seattle Friday, Friday at uh, 4 o'clock. We left. Mimi picked us up. We, we did a little road trip. It was a lot of fun. Flew out at 6. Uh, my brother who passed away recently, it was his celebration of life. And I just want to testify uh, just real quick here. So I got my family around and, you know, I'm the family pastor or whatever. And I'm sitting there. And we gather the family around, and my brother's got these tables set up, you know, all around me. And they're, they got these, like, cardboard pop-ups, and they're filled with pictures of my brother. And, like, memorabilia, little things he liked, you know, all spread through these tables. And this whole time, I'm thinking about this right here, buckets, buckets. And as I'm looking around these tables, and I'm looking at the pictures, and I'm remembering our own our own upbringing, our history. And I'm, I'm looking at memorabilia over here and, and the different things that he was pursuing. He was always on this pursuit. I, I looked at him and I, I said to myself, those are all buckets, those are all buckets. All of these are buckets that he tried to use to satisfy the thirst in his soul. And uh, my brother died of thirst. He died of thirst. And so I'm sitting there by the grace of God Looking out of the, the beach, we were down at the beach, and uh, this is not to exalt me one, but this is a, to exalt the Lord Jesus Christ. My family members kept coming up to my wife and, and my daughter going, John seems so calm. <laughs> like, he seems so peaceful. Um, I, I am drinking of a well that's satisfying me. It was, it was beautiful, but it was hard because I look at my brother, and there it was. It all drained out. And by the grace of God, not by a single good thing I have ever done, but by the grace of God, he saved me. He, he brought me to his love. And daily I'm experiencing more and more. I'm looking out over the ocean. I'm thinking about a new earth to come one day. I'm thinking about a resurrected body when my skin won't burn anymore, you know, at 85 degree heat and, and uh, the frowns on people's faces. I'm just thinking to myself, Jesus, I love you. You are all to me. You are gonna heal all of this, Lord Jesus. You have fixed me or you are fixing me, I should say. Like, you've done an amazing work to me. I just wanna keep drinking of that love. I feel soul satisfaction. Now, there are times when I'm overloaded, like Spurgeon said. The tear ducts, oh, those are the release valves of the heart. Like my heart gets so overwhelmed with God's love, it starts leaking out. And this lady is in the same boat. Like she knows that, that looking at all these things isn't working. And here's the crazy thing about it. She's so tired. Look at verse 14 and 15 real quick. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him, Jesus says, will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. It's not gonna be like a bucket, man. It's gonna be life in you, the love of God in your heart when you're worshiping and dwelling on it. It's gonna be like a, it's gonna be like a, a rushing river flowing through you. You're not gonna taste love. You're gonna be blown away by love. And so the lady goes, in verse 15, the woman said to him, sir, give me this water. And watch this. She goes, I'm so tired. I'm so tired so that I will not be thirsty or have to come here to draw water. She's like, hey, man, I'm getting it now. I'm so tired of filling this bucket 
what she's really talking about is her heart. I'm so tired of it. And if you're telling me that I could drink one time of a new water and I would never pursue this this way again, sir, give me this water. And so Jesus goes like this. With, with such love and compassion in his eyes, he literally says, you've tried to find perfect love. You've tried to do it in relationships and they failed you. Why don't you find perfect love in a relationship with me so you can have normal relationships with people and not be hurt again? John 4, John 4 verse 16, look at this. Jesus said to her, like, you want this water, lady? You want, you want to be quenched in your soul? Then let's first of all come to an understanding that you've got to stop pursuing these other things to fill your heart the way only I can. So Jesus lays out a little illustration that's a little uncomfortable. Jesus says, before I give you this water, go call your husband and come here. Now, from the outset, you're like, wow, he's going he's gonna to take care of the whole family. The woman answered him, well, I, I don't have a husband. And Jesus said to her, yeah, you're right in saying I have no husband. For you have tried to find perfect love in five husbands. And the one you now have that you're trying to find perfect love through, he's not your husband either. What you have said is true. And he's not beating her up. He's not humiliating her. He's saying, you gotta put these buckets down. You gotta stop these pursuits. You don't even have to pursue me. Just accept me and worship me and watch what happens. She's tired and she doesn't need to be tired anymore. And here's her response. I love it. She immediately deviates from the relationship thing. Jesus is like, look, you're, you're, you're looking in all the wrong places for this perfect love. There's nothing wrong with being loved and feeling love from a relationship, but don't ever expect perfect love from it. You need to come to me and find that. And you're looking in all the wrong places with far too many relationships. And then she goes like this. Yeah, but I'm religious. Like she immediately veers and she's like, I'm on a spiritual journey. I'm finding love. I know I'll find love one day at the end of this spiritual journey. So look, I, I am spiritual, I get it, you're spiritual, it's very obvious, you're kind of like reading my mind. But I'm on a journey, so back off a little. Look at John 4, verse 20. Our, she goes, our fathers worshipped on this mountain, but you say that in Jerusalem is the place where people ought to worship. Like, I, I'm on a spiritual pilgrimage, and I am experiencing God, my way. Jesus said to her, woman, believe me, the hour is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. In other words, this is not how you find love through God, through your ritualism, through your religion. He goes in 22, you worship what you do not know. We worship what we know for salvation is from the Jews. I've come to the Jews to show true love, but the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship him. You need truth. You need to experience the spirit in you and you need to constantly remind yourself of the truth that this God loves you. That's where this fountain is gonna come from. 
In verse 24, he goes, God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. Like if you want to know love, if you want to fill your heart with real love, you are spirit, God is spirit. Let the spirit of God reveal the love of God to you and man, just stay there in that truth. Stay there that Jesus Christ died for you. Stay there reminding yourself that while he hung on the cross and he, he was suspended between humans rejecting him and God rejecting him, right in the middle of everything, just everybody pushing him away. God pushing him away so God could bring him back and us back in perfect love. He's like, if you'll just dwell on that, if you'll just worship through that, if you'll just remind yourself that you're always loved, that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, if you will be in a community of believers who celebrate that, who sing to that, who, who worship that, who talk about that, if that will be your life, worship, worship. You know, I was listening to that old song again and again, and, and, and Bethel sings it, and some other people sing it. To worship you, I live. To worship you, I live. I find life in worshiping you. Man, when I'm sitting down here every Lord's Day and I'm worshiping the Lord as Jeffrey and the band are leading us in worship and teaching us how to worship, I'm sitting there saying, man, this God loves me. And I am in perfect peace. Jesus says, this is what you want. No more ritualism. No more facades. Come and bathe in the love of God. Now, the woman is not done because it's not easy dealing with God in your heart and and she very politely goes, okay, I, I get it. I'm out, of, I'm out of arguing points. But that's kind of between me and God. I'm not sure I'm ready right now. Uh, isn't that just very human? Like, I still need to try a few physical things down here. <laughs> Us humans. And so she's like, okay, I don't know who you are. You're a teacher or something. I'm not ready to give my heart to God yet. I'm not ready to put down these buckets yet. But God is coming one day, and when he comes, then I'll do it. Uh-oh. Verse 25, the woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming, he who is called Christ. When he comes, that's when I'll give my heart to him and put these things down. Jesus said to her, I'm here. I who speak to you am he. The God of love is sitting, speaking to you right now. And I'm telling you guys, the God of love is speaking to you right now. Like these buckets, just drop them and worship him. Worship him. Uh, John four thirty nine. how does the story end? Well, our story has not been written yet, but how does this story end? Many Samaritans from that town believed in Jesus because of the woman's testimony. She runs back to her village and she starts screaming. I have met God and he told me all that I ever did, which should be terrifying. But he, go, he goes like this. I know everything going on in your heart. I know all your pursuits for love and I still love you the same. It's that love that I found, the lady says. I found perfect love and I am satisfied and that dude in my house is done. I'm walking away from all these things. I'm gonna love them in real ways now, just real ways. I'm not gonna try to use any of this to experience a perfect love anymore. I found perfect love through the Lord Jesus Christ. 
I just love how she ends the story. He knows, she's running into this town, man, and she's just screaming this. He knows all about me, and yet his perfect love has never and will never change for me. This is what I've been looking for. Now, I'm like a, one of those silly romantic people, so if this freaks you out and you're like, well, what does that do to my marriage, dude? Here's what it does to your marriage. It puts it in a right place. You see, if, if I have to look to Jessica, who's an amazing woman, if I have to look to Jessica to give me a love that never fails, a love that always pursues, a, lo- a love that always speaks when I'm weak to lift me back up, a love that never deviates or drops in caliber but always stays at peak performance, Jessica will never, ever hit that bar. But if I find that love in a Savior whose love is perfect, always pursuing, never lowering, always beautiful, always singing towards me, then I can look at Jessica and just let her be the human she is and love her in new and real and fresh ways and she can love me back. I free her. Job, kids, all of it begin to fall back in place. So I say this and then we're gonna pray to this God. If you're thirsty for love, Jesus went to the cross and he said, I thirst. So you will never have to thirst again. Come to Jesus, let down the buckets and drink of this water. Let's pray. Let's get real this morning with joy, guys. Let's go hard after Jesus right now. As you bow your heads, I'm laying down buckets with you this morning. I wanna worship him. I wanna sing to him, pray to him, read in in his book and be with his people as we talk about this relentless pursuing love of God. And I want to let everything fall back in its natural place. We need more of God's love. That's it. Go to him in prayer right now. Ask him for faith to begin to put these buckets down that are riddled with holes that cannot hold and sustain the love you need. and worship him this morning. You see, I don't even know where to start. Where do I start? Start with a passion. See him on the cross. He's on that cross and he's thinking about you. He loves you. He's after you. That bruised face, that bloodied head, it's for you. And this resurrected Savior, man, he wants to dance with you, with your soul. He wants to speak to you. He wants to bathe you in the thought of his love. So go to him this morning. Whatever that looks like, be free. Go to him. Ask him to pour that love out. Ask him to reveal it to you in new ways.
He knows everything that happened this week and he loves you the same. And there's not a thing or a human being who has the power to love like that. He's meeting you right now. This is our well. This is our well. And he's waiting. He's waiting to heal us. You know, just this afternoon, you could walk out of here feeling like your soul is dancing and is alive. Worship him in spirit and the truth that he loves you. Pour it out to him. We're going to enter into song and sing to him. We're going to sing to him. But he's here in our midst right now. He's touching you. He's telling you to move forward towards him. To be with him in new ways. Speak to him about his love. Our church, let's get there this morning. And if you're here and you've you've never experienced this love, this is Christianity. This is the gospel. This Jesus wants you. And if you've never accepted him as your savior, where you sit, the best way you know how, just ask him to forgive you of your sins and to save you. Tell him you want to know his love. It's the best way you know how right now. Just speak to him. Save me, Jesus. I want to know this love. And for the rest of us, let's worship him. Every ounce of us, let's know this love.